Welcome, friends. This is another best of quest for you episode. One of my favorites of the last 100 episodes, as I'm here celebrating the accomplishment of 500 episodes. And as I'm going through these last 100 episodes, I realized that I spoke a lot about words, how we communicate, the conflicts that arise from lack of communication, and the power our words can have. Good and effective communication, to me, is one of the toughest areas of my life. That's where most of my conflicts and misunderstandings arise. I would escape all communication if I could. I'm sure many of you would agree with me. There is a reason we all love our phones and social media. We don't have to face anyone. We can think about our words before typing them. And nobody sees how the words of others make us feel. We can type a smiley face when we really feel like crap. Yet, we cannot hide behind our screens forever, nor do we want to. People feel lonely despite the hundreds and thousands of connections they have online. In fact, human relationships are critical to our happiness, and research has shown this over and over again. We need social connection, no matter how much of a loner we are. And this means we also need social skills. And I don't think that we lack social skills, but I do think that we stand in our own way. Fear of losing face and being vulnerable makes us deploy all sorts of ineffective communication strategies. The silent treatment is one of them. I republished the episode about the silent treatment this week. And for today, I chose episode 404. It was also about words. This time, the opposite of silence. Too many words. I have found that often people fall on either side of the spectrum. They either say too little or they say too much. I'm in the latter category. I read that chapter of Robert Greene's book several times since I first spoke about it in that episode. Say less than necessary. We consider so much necessary when in fact very little is. And often even the least necessary doesn't always require a lot of words. Instead, a kind action can say everything that needs to be said. And this also applies to those who hand out the silent treatment. Your silence isn't excused in this episode. Your silence is just as ineffective as all my many words. Action, however, the right action, can be extremely powerful. And that is the message of this chapter that I'm reviewing here. Instead of talking on and on, see if you can find an action instead that expresses what you want to say. Words are easy. They're spoken quickly. They're written beautifully. Words don't take much effort, but actions do. And maybe it's time for good action for you today. Enjoy this episode and can't wait to talk to you again. Episode 404. Welcome back, my friends. I want to start out with a quote in my old-fashioned, the way I like to start these episodes. And this one is from Leonardo da Vinci. Oysters open completely when the moon is full. And when the crab sees one, it throws a piece of stone or seaweed into it. And the oyster cannot close again. So it serves the crab for meat. 
Such is the fate of him who opens his mouth too much and thereby puts himself at the mercy of his listener. I took this quote, which is quite funny actually, from a book I'm currently reading called The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. A fascinating book and I may review it for you in its entirety when I'm done. I'm not yet sure because there's so much content just in each law alone that makes it really hard to review its entirety. I may just do what I'm doing today, review a few of the laws he covers specifically with you, those that stand out the most to me. And so far, I've read through the first 10 laws. The way this book is written can seem appalling at first. It appears to be a manual for a future dictator or a ruthless business shark. The reader may wonder, why do I need power? Over whom? I admire Green not only for his astute understanding of the human mind, but also for his courage to be so brutally honest. People will find themselves in this book. They will see their tactics exposed and they will learn how to be even more effective. It's a business book like none you've ever read. It doesn't dance around with fancy leadership advice. It gets to the heart of the matter. If you want to be a successful leader, here's what you need. For me, the 48 Laws of Power is a manual on character strength. It fills in holes for me, areas of my being where I am weak and where I don't have any boundaries, areas of my individuality I may have neglected because I didn't pay attention or didn't deem them important. I don't want to be a manipulator, but I want to detect one when I see one. And the book does both. It raises awareness of cruel manipulation strategies, but it also offers guidance how to use simple strategies that make us more effective in our roles. I recommend that everyone who wants to read this book approaches it as a tool to gain insight into our human psyche and to help become more disciplined with managing our character. Last week, I shared something more personal with you. A lesson I learned on how far kindness can go. And that the selfless approach, even in high-need situations, often gives us exactly what we want. At the same time, I came across the very same lesson in this book. Law number four. Always say less than necessary. And law number nine. Win through your actions, never through argument. Both, to me, are closely connected. And I have been working on these two very difficult areas for most of my life. I have the tendency to say too much. When there is silence, I fill it with words. When there is conflict, I try to resolve it by talking. When my feelings are strong, I blabber them out. I always struggled with letting things go. If I had a way to put words around it, and I usually always do, I talk. And this is not always the wisest strategy. As Green says in the introduction to the law, the more you say, the more likely you are to say something foolish. Isn't this so true? The more we try to explain, the more we have to explain ourselves. And in the end, we say things we regret. And this often exposes us. It shows that we don't have a good handle on the situation. 
a person who makes a powerful statement that contains the essentials and then has the ability to be quiet afterwards, will be regarded with much more respect than someone who just blabbers. I'm sure you have run into situations like these before. My example from the other day applies. I didn't give the person on the phone a chance to speak. I just talked out all my frustration, which demonstrated my weakness to handle them properly. Green displaced this law mostly by giving examples from the rulers and the wars of the past. They are quite entertaining, I have to say. Most leadership books use sports examples to support their theories, something I've never enjoyed and actually find quite boring. I love this quote from this chapter of the book. The human tongue is a beast that few can master. It strains constantly to break out of its cage, and if it's not tamed, it will run wild and cause you grief. Power cannot accrue to those who squander the treasure of words. Seeking power doesn't have to be our objective to understand this basic principle. When we talk too much, we are at the mercy of the listener. Just like in Da Vinci's quote, words can't be taken back, but silence can always be filled with the right words. Once words are spoken, we have given control on what to do with them to someone else. They are not ours anymore. How often have you had people come to you and repeat something you said, sometimes years ago, something that affected them in a negative way, and you had no idea? Happens, doesn't it? And the more we talk, the higher the likelihood that it will occur. This doesn't mean we need to be quiet all the time. Rather, it means to speak with intent, to think our words through before we just give them away, and to use them carefully. Just because it sounds rational and clear to us doesn't mean it's understood the same way by the receiver of our words. How much trouble have your words cost? I know mine have created unnecessary havoc. So here's my advice on how to use this law for your everyday life. 1. Allow yourself to be discovered. Instead of talking your way into friendships and relationships, show others who you are. Don't reveal everything about yourself by sharing every little detail about your life. I'm always amazed by people who can just sit with a stranger and share their entire life journey in one session. This takes away the mystery about who you are. Instead of sharing all your life facts, rather focus on your beliefs. I recently had a wonderful conversation with a person in my speaking workshop. We talked for hours and I still don't know the basics about his life, but I learned about his beliefs. Our conversations sparked ideas for me. It inspired me to be a better human being. It was a wonderful it was a wonderful interplay of sharing what we are passionate about and how it makes our lives better. And we walked away with veneration for one another, but also curiosity to learn more. As Green observes, as humans, we want to know what others think. We interpret and we speculate. When we share everything about us that there is to say, then we become uninteresting. Keep that in mind in your next interaction. When I'm asked something, I'm always careful. I share a little bit and then I usually ask the other person something. If they want to know more, they will dig for more. But don't give it all away right away. Number two, 
Use actions instead of words. And this takes us into law number nine. But again, both are connected. Because when we speak less, we also have more time to act. And that is what we should be doing. As Green says, demonstrate, do not explicate. It's simple. Follow through on your words. Do your work. Just get it done. For most of the things that we have to do, explanations are not needed. Green has a great example in the book of an engineer that didn't follow through on orders received from a king. He knew the king really needed something different than what he ordered, but instead of following through, he argued and lost his life over it. We get so emotionally wrapped up sometimes in stuff that really doesn't matter. In my early professional career, I took everything so seriously. When someone disagreed or implemented a different plan, I lost valuable energy and time over the issue. Over the years, I've learned to let it go. I do my job, I give my best effort, but if someone doesn't want to accept my recommendation, then that's okay. I keep doing my job, because I know my actions are noticed. If my ideas are not implemented, it's probably not going to help arguing over them. It means I have to do a better job demonstrating my value. And the only way to do this is through actions. As Green shows us in the book, such is the double power of winning through actions rather than argument. No one is offended and your point is proven. The same applies to relationships. We have to do our job as a good partner. But sometimes we struggle when our daily actions aren't verbally recognized. We want confirmation that we're doing a good job. But why? The recognition and validation must come from within ourselves. That's why we are in that relationship, because it fulfills us and enriches our lives. Words don't do that. Actions do. I have learned that when I give my best in my interactions with others, the rewards don't necessarily come as compliments and kind words. They come in other, more subtler ways. And quite often, they come in form of actions as well. Just as we are using actions to speak about who we are, others do the same. As the saying goes that we all know, actions speak louder than words. To me, it's more important to see how someone feels about me rather than to hear it. My climbing partner is a good example. He will never utter a compliment. That's just not him. And I sometimes really wish I would get one, especially after a long, exhausting day of climbing. I want to hear that I did good or that I'm getting better. But I learned to find this feedback in other ways. When he continues to ask me on climbing trips, he teaches me, he's built me things that I can practice on, then I know I must not be doing so badly and that he enjoys my company. I believe words make us lazy. We say them and we think because it's all said that we are done. But words are constantly misunderstood, and we will never really know about most of these misunderstandings. The interpretation of our words is uncertain, and I am sure some of your words have come back to haunt you, as we often like to say. And as Green says, even the best argument has no solid foundation, for we all have come to distrust the slippery nature of our words. Actions, however, are clear. They are often a lasting evidence while words are fleeting. But to see them requires more effort, especially when we get used to them. Yet, 
It's in that discovery of these actions that we may find the affirmation and validation that we are seeking. This quote is also from the book by Balthasar Kassian. The truth is generally seen, rarely heard. Maybe you will join me in taking some of the advice these two very critical laws offer. Let's strive together towards making our words more meaningful and spoken with purpose and not just out of the blue. And let's make sure they are always supported by matching actions. Much love, my friends. Thank you.